بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear brothers sisters elders The topic of today's khutbah is being being positive in challenging times. To say that we are living and have been living for the past 2 years in challenging times would be an understatement. The changes that, that these times have wrought in our lives and societies have been both good and difficult. and above all perplexing and for many of us they have led to some level of anxiety depression and worse let me therefore try to put what's happening into a framework that we can understand and find meaning in and for that let's look at four things number 1 why does it happen number 2 how can we draw strength from the past difficult times in the past that we have faced either personally individually or collectively number 3 to plan a strategy for the future going forward what should we do and number 4 and that number 4 really should be number 1 which is that to always remember and remind ourselves and remind each other that final success and failure is only in the akhirah there's no for success and failure in this world this world is a test this world is a journey the destination is the akhirah and whether anybody succeeds or fails will depend on what happens there we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help in enabling us to do this journey with khair and afia and for success when we meet him inshallah so the first question why does it happen the first and foremost thing to understand and remind ourselves we know these things we just have to keep on reminding ourselves and each other is that nothing but nothing happens without the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that nobody no force no known or unknown 
entity has the power to do or undo what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. Nobody can do what Allah does not want to do. And nobody can undo what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to do. Nobody, nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us why difficulties and calamities happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a world of cause and effect. Its laws are fixed and anyone who comes within the purview of that law will feel it. To give you an example to illustrate, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the law of gravity, whereby any free-falling object is attracted towards the earth at an acceleration of 32 feet per second per second. Now, whether you are a feather or a rock, you fall towards the earth at the same rate. On YouTube, there's a very nice video of somebody who uh, created this, where they dropped a a steel ball and a feather at the same time in a vacuum. And it's quite amazing. I mean, we know this as a principle, but it's amazing to see how the steel ball and the feather fall at exactly the same rate and they come to the earth at exactly the same time. Galileo is the one who first uh, postulated this theory and paid for his life. The church didn't like that, so they killed him. Now, we can afford to ignore this law as long as we are on the earth. But if you want to leave the earth to fly, or if you are falling towards it, you must do something to override the law. And that is the role of the of another law, which is the law of lift in flight, or the role of the parachute when falling. Gravity must be dealt with. It cannot be ignored, except at our peril. And that's my point here. Any law that you come into the purview of, you can't ignore it. If you ignore it, it will destroy you. You have to deal with it. The same logic of natural laws applies to our actions because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is khaliqu kulli ashia wal ahwal. When we say ashia, we don't just mean the material things, everything. What we can see, what we cannot see, what we call laws of nature, physics, whatever you want to call it, all of these are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there are actions which result in goodness and actions which result in evil. Who does that affect? Ourselves. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is samad, he is free from all needs, all wants, nothing affects Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The laws that Allah made are for our benefit. And if we ignore them, we pay. Today, if you look at it, we pay, we face <coughs> challenges of abject poverty, sickness, violence, crime, mass murder called war. All of these and more are the result of predatory capitalism driven by mindless consumerism and a total absence of compassion and kindness. We can undo all of this in one stroke, but only if we are prepared to change our priorities, our values, our ethics, and our lifestyles. It's no mystery. We must decide which is more important. Clicking the button on Amazon Prime to buy some more junk that we will never use or donating the same amount to feed somebody. That's a choice. And either choice has an effect. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla who told us that we bring calamities upon us, upon ourselves by our belief and our actions. And above all, by refusing to change. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even then, in His infinite mercy, doesn't destroy us, <clears throat> but He sends us warnings so that we can change ourselves before it is too late and we reach our ending after which nothing can be changed. The calamity therefore is not a punishment, it is not aimed at destroying us, but it's a warning. It's like a slap on the wrist to somebody who is extending his hand towards the fire. If that slap on the wrist didn't come, then the person would have burnt himself. If the person still ignores the slap on the wrist and still continues to put his hand in the fire, then he's going to burn. And the pain of the slap on the wrist is far less than the pain of actually burning. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. He allows us a taste of the real consequences, a taste of it. Zaiqa, just a taste of the real consequences in the akhirah so that we change ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna Allah la yugayiru ma bi qawmin hatta yugayiru ma bi anfusihim wa idha arada Allah bi qawmin su'an fala maraddalah wa ma lahum min dunihi min wal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Ra'ad, which means, verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu will not change the good condition of a people as long as they do not change their state of goodness themselves by committing sins and by doing whatever has been prohibited. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills a people's punishment, when he wills, when the punishment is sent, then there can be no turning back of that punishment and they will find besides him, other than him, no protector. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from his punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla said, in another place in Surah Al-Rum, زَهْرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِي النَّاسِ لِيُزِيقَهُمْ بَعْدَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ قُلْ سِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ آقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلُ كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُشْرِكِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said which means that evil, fasad, trials, tribulations, calamities, have appeared on the land and on the sea because of what the hands of people have earned by our deeds. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may make them taste, zaika, taste, a taste a part of what they have done in order that they may return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by repenting. Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Travel in the land and see what the end of those before you was. Most of them were mushrikun. They were people who did shirk. They were polytheists. They, they, they joined partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first thing to do therefore for us is to check our beliefs and actions. To see if there is anything that we do which resembles polytheism. I know we don't worship idols. But what about worshipping graves? and seeking help from them and making dua to the dead or asking the dead to make dua for you. You may say that we don't worship graves, but to believe that somebody who is dead can affect our lives, grant favors, make dua and so on is open shirk. Calling on the dead for help by saying, Ya so and so is shirk. 
placing reliance on anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also a form of shirk. Ostentation and showing off is a form of shirk. Believing that someone or something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can help or harm is a form of shirk. To follow our desires in opposition to the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu is another form of shirk. All of these attract the anger of Allah and calamities. Despite this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not destroy us. He warns us so that we change. Where he said, He said, and verily, we will make them taste of the near torment, near punishment, which is these things, sickness, disasters, whatnot, in this world, prior to the supreme torment in the, in the akhirah, in the hereafter, in order that they may return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they may return, repent and return, so that they save themselves from something which is worse. The solution is clear. Change ourselves, our beliefs, our actions and circumstances will change. Disconnection between actions and conditions. The connection between the amal and ahwal. This is the essence of our belief in Islam. It's an enormously empowering concept which shows that our destiny is literally in our own hands. As long as we have life, we can act to avert or cure whatever calamity we may be facing. But that begins by understanding why that calamity happened in the first place. I don't mean the material answer. You might say COVID happened because Chinese eat bats. I mean the real answer, real reason. And the real reason is COVID happened because we refused to answer the question that Allah asked us 1400 years ago. What was that question? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَإِنَ تَذَبُونَ Allah said, where are you going? And we said, no, sorry, I have no time. I've got to go to work. I've got to do this, that, that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put a stop to that. He stopped us in our tracks so that we could reflect on what we had been doing or ignoring in our lives. And he gave us an opportunity to change ourselves. So instead of asking, when can we get back to normality? We need to realize that it was our normality that put us in this mess in the first place. And therefore we should not ask to return to our old normal, but to create a new normal that takes into account the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I say to you and I say to myself, factor Allah Jalla Jalaluhu into the equation because he is in it anyway. أقول خبري هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد
There is another reason why <coughs> the tests come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because sometimes we feel, at least at a local level, or at, as an individual, you might say, well, you know, I mean, I do not commit any sins, at least knowingly, and so on, but why am I suffering? Or a group of people might say, well, you know, we try to live right lives which are righteous. Still, we are caught in difficulties. Why does that happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Baqarah which means and certainly and surely we shall test you with the following things with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and loss of and in lives and the fruits of your labor. But give glad tidings and good news to us sabirin who are the people who have sabr. Who when afflicted with calamity they say truly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we belong and truly to him we shall return. They are those on whom are the salawat the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from their Rabb. And they are those who receive His mercy and it is they who are the guided ones. Tests come to the righteous as well as to those who are not righteous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested the Anbiya more than He tested anybody else. And Rasulullah said that I was tested more than any of the Anbiya. There is nobody more righteous than the Anbiya. And so also, if we read Islamic history, you find people who were, insha'Allah, from the Salihin, from the Siddiqeen, insha'Allah, from the Awliya of Allah. I'm saying insha'Allah because this is one of the common mistakes we make. We name a person and say so and so was a wali of Allah. Now this is a mistake because this is speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge. We can say this about those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala named and those are the Anbiya alayhi salam. I can say Musa alayhi salam was a Nabi of Allah. That is not my opinion. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us. Inna arsalla nuhan ila qawmi. I can say Musa alayhi salam. I can say Nuh alayhi salam. I can say whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. But as far as others are concerned, to state with a name that so-and-so was a wali of Allah or so-and-so was a great wali of Allah or so-and-so was the greatest wali more than other awliya, this is something which is not to be done. Because this would amount to speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge and that is in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it one of the worst crimes. So please, always say inshallah. Inshallah, so and so. Alhamdulillah, no problem. You can say that because I can have the best belief about my brother. Alhamdulillah. Point I'm making is that if we read our history, we find people who, as I said, were good people. 
and they were tested they were tested to an extent where in a material sense they were killed their their their, their property was destroyed their families were were, were uh, disrupted and dismembered all kind of things happened there and obviously the question comes here is so and so who was such a wonderful person such a righteous person such a pious person why did it happen now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us in different ways we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from all his tests but allah said he will test us in different ways some of these can be very severe if we look at the lives of the anbiya as i mentioned to you they were all tested but they stood firm and they sought the help of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they continued to do the good that they were doing and the result was blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent salam on them allah said salam ala ibrahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the other Ambiya Rabbi Salaam and Allah said Allah has sent Salaam on them. And in this ayah Allah is saying He does send Salaam on them. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very He is saying وَبَشِّرِ السَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتُمْ مُسِبَتٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا لَهِ رَاجِعُونَ We are being taught what to do, what to say when we face, when we face a loss, when we face a calamity what do we do? We say إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا لَهِ رَاجِعُونَ We don't complain, we don't say why me? We say Alhamdulillah, He ala kulli hal, all praise and thanks to Allah in any situation and we are from Allah, to Him is our return. Now let us reflect on this ayat and ask what we are prepared to do for a person with Iman. If somebody says to you, to get the salawat from Allah. To get the bashara of Jannah and mercy from Allah, right? What are you prepared to do? Anybody with Iman, if you ask this question. To say, what are you prepared to pay? What are you prepared to do? To get this assurance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending salam on you. What are you prepared to do? What will a person of Iman say? He will say, take everything. Everything. My life, my wealth, my health, I take every single thing as give me this one guarantee that Alhamdulillah, Inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending mercy on me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, this person is a person who has hidayah and which means this person will get jannah, khalas. Now Allah is not asking for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, and this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if a thorn pricks the foot of a believer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives the fault, forgives the sin. So when we are faced and we continue to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for relief from and for protection from trials, we don't ask for trials. But if it happens, what do we do? We say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilaha raju. Number one. Number two, we do not complain. We don't moan and groan. We don't say, why me, this, that. No, no, nothing. We just say, Alhamdulillah. And we face that trial. We do whatever material things we need to do to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves. And insha'Allah al-musta'an, as Allah mentioned in this ayah, we ask Allah to send His blessings on us and to count us among those who will be shaded in His mercy on the day of judgment, insha'Allah. That is the reward of patience and sabr in the face of tests and tribulations.
In conclusion, let me summarize to say that tests come to both to the good and not so good people, but for different reasons. The response, however, is the same. Make istighfar, seek forgiveness of Allah, and make tawbah, which is to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and change our ways so that we are back on track on the path of steadfastness, as-siratul mustaqeem, before we are called from Allah. Finally, a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who declared, and see this beautiful ayat in Surah Al-Anfal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and this is Allah's guarantee, Allah is saying, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking to his Habib, Rasulullah Allah is saying, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah will not punish them while you are among them. Yeah. Allah will not punish them while you are among them. Nor will he punish them while they seek forgiveness. So this is our asas. This is our resource. The blessing of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi in our lives. Allah told us the secret of getting the guarantee of his protection. Now you might say, well, this is true for the Sahaba. Nabi Sallallahu was with them. What about us? For us to follow the sunnah of Rasulullah is to have him with us. Eh? That is what? To constantly be concerned about the sunnah of Rasulullah and seek to follow it and everything is to have him with us inshallah and if he is with us then Allah said I will not give adapter and the second one is continuously to make istighfar because as long as we are making istighfar Allah will not punish us and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said so therefore when we have this concern for the sunnah, it has the double benefit of also making us people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this. قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورُ رَحِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this. Allah said, say, tell them, those who claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make your ittiba, ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make my ittiba, follow me, emulate me, imitate me. And what will happen? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you, the boundary condition, minimum, He will forgive your sins. And He is the most forgiving and most merciful. I remind myself and you, my brothers and sisters and elders, the sunnah of Rasulullah is the route to becoming influential and powerful and popular in this world and the route to earning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure in this world and the next. And istighfar is a safety net to protect us and save us from arrogance which accompanies power and influence. So when we follow the sunnah and we become powerful and influential, then the chances are that shaitan will try to deceive us and arrogance might come in and you might feel, oh, I'm so righteous and this happens, that happens. 
Istighfar is the safety net which saves us from becoming arrogant. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jalaluhu to help us to live this life in a way that pleases him. And to take us in a state when he is pleased with us. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfirlana wa tarhamna lalakunanna min al-khasirin. Allahumma adina fi man hadayt wa aafina fi man aafayt wa tawallana fi man tawallayt. وبارك لنا فيما عطيت وقنا وصرفنا شر ما خضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يظل مواليت ولا يعز من عديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعليه وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحم الرحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر باللد والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أخي مسلم